Welcome in to the newest edition of the Justin Time Sports Podcast. I am your host, Justin Jackson, and in this week's episode, we'll be discussing the NFL as we officially finish week one and barrel into week two. We'll have our Jack's Pack, which is an NFL betting segment, and we'll have Jack's Hot Take. Now, as always, don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the Justin Time Sports Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to like us and turn on the post notifications for all Justin Time Sports social medias. Now, as always, sit back and get ready to learn something. Welcome into the show, season four, episode twenty-five of the Justin Time Sports Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, coming to you on Wednesday morning, um, a little bit earlier than normal. You guys used to being a weekend show. We will be coming out midweek in order to try and take advantage of the NFL calendar for pretty much the remainder of the NFL season. So welcome in to the show. So excited to be talking with you guys. They said last time you guys heard from me was Sunday. So just four days later, feeling like I'm a Thursday night football team. You guys are hearing from me again. We're discussing the NFL. We're uh, pretty much most of the show. And we're going to have our Jack's hot take, uh, which is going to be a doozy. So stay prepared for that. Um, but we are jumping right into NFL week one about what's going on with the shield in the NFL. And of course, I have to start off with the biggest news that happened. Um, I'm recording this Tuesday night, so if I say things like last night, just be aware of that. Um, the biggest thing that happened last night, and that was four plays into his New York Jets career. Aaron Rodgers popped his Achilles tendon um, and is out for the season. And potentially his career is over. Um, watching it happen, it was one of those things where he went down, right? And I was like, oh, he got sacked. And then was, and then I saw some stuff people were tweeting or posting, I guess, these days. Um, Rogers is down. I'm like, that's weird. Like, it was pretty a pretty normal tackle. There was no pain. It wasn't like the guy immediately caught over. It was like a regular tackle. And, um, and so I see it. He stands up. And there's a few telltale signs of an Achilles injury. One of which is when a guy stands up. You can stand up, especially with the help of like a lineman help him up. He get lineman help him up. He takes a step with a non-injured foot. And then he tries to step with the second one, and his foot never comes off the ground. And he sits right back down. And I think at that moment he knew. It's one of those things where, like, there's a certain pain. This is a specific area for pain when that Achilles tendon disconnects from the heel um, or, you know, separates itself or injures itself, and the heel and the calf no longer connected. It's a very targeted level of pain. So I think when he had that level of pain and the unresponsiveness from his foot, um, 
that pretty much he knew at that point. Also, another telltale sign of an Achilles injury. There was a close-up video that came out, and it got right up. I mean, it zoomed in four or five times the size. And when he steps and gets the guy jumps on and about to tackle him, you watch his calf shudder. Um, and the reason why that happens is the Achilles tendon is like a um, old pair of curtains. When you pull the curtains up, well, it, well when you release that stress, when because Achilles tendon runs from the back of your heel, top of your heel, you can kind of feel it go into your calf. So that is pretty much what's holding your heel to your calf. So once it pops and it rolls up like an old lampshade, it, re- it literally shudders. The force of it shudders because it releases the calf muscle. Um, Kevin Durant had a shudder. Um, you know, there was a guy in the NCAA tournament a few years ago. I think, can't think of his name right now. His calf shuddered. When I saw those things, I immediately, I, I immediately at that time tweeted, it's an Achilles. It has to be because hey, that's what happens. Um, and then the third time, of course, you look back. Like someone kicked you, uh, a la DeMarcus Cousins. Um, famously, we ran down the court and then looked, or Kevin Durant, I think, famously ran down the court and looked back like someone had kicked him, and there was no one there, of course. Um, and he was an Achilles tear. So, absolutely devastating for New York. And I, I guess I'm going to take this in twofold. Um, I'm going to take this from a New York perspective, and like this from an Aaron perspective. Start off with the New York perspective. New York spent, since Aaron Rodgers was rumored to want to go to the Jets, they have spent the entire offseason and the preseason assembling players to fit Aaron, started talking a certain way to fit Aaron, started adjusting the schedules to fit Aaron. Um, in literally... Every single way the Jets would capitulate. I mean, they they got Alan Lazard. They signed Randall Cobb. They signed Dalvin Cook. The offensive coordinator, of course, is Nat Hackett. I mean, it was literally settled to be Green Bay East or Denver East, if you want to take it that far. But it was literally settled to be Green Bay East. All of Aaron Rodgers' friends are going to have jobs. His offensive coordinator is going to be somebody he can easily manipulate and trust and move over. Um, and his fellow teammates would be guys that he at least tolerated um, for year one. And so Aaron was in such a good faith that he gave back like $35 million to the organization saying, you know, you keep this, guarantee me my two years, 75, and let's go in the Super Bowl. And then the attitudes around the Jets began to change from an organization standpoint to a fan standpoint to a media standpoint. People legitimately began to believe in the viability of a New York Jets Super Bowl. I mean, and it all started, of course, with Aaron at his um, introductory press conference saying as he was touring a building and the facilities that uh, Joe Namath's Super Bowl three trophy looked lonely. Um, you had people discussing it from all different angles. You had Robert Sala say we're not running from my expectations. Davin Cook, when he gets signed, said we know we're going to try to get a Super Bowl. Um, Ownership, management, they all fans, of course, media began to fall head over heels for the Jets, try, uh, saying they're going to win a Super Bowl. They're going to win a Super Bowl. So they were elite defense last year. They had the weaponry. They were just a quarterback away. Right? And so the, the night could not have started off in a more 
perfect manner for New York. It's 9-11, okay? Granted, the stadium's east weather for New Jersey, but it's right across the water from lower Manhattan, which is where the attacks happen. It's 9-11. Your new savior at quarterback, let's be honest, were, he was looked at as a football savior. Your new football savior at quarterback is running out with the American flag in New York. It's his first game as a Jet. And he's running out with the American flag. I mean, it could not have gotten louder in that arena, in that stadium. Then when the Anarizer came out with that American flag. And then you go and you get a stop on defense. Perfect. Let's see the Anarizer show right now. Let's, let's just see it. He jaws off on the field. Crowd is a buzz. Crowd is raging. And then four plays later, his Achilles is torn. And it's seasons over. And the air literally left the building. There has been some epic quiet downs. The cheering even became hollow. It kind of felt like, why are we doing this? It definitely felt like, well, this is this is the same old Jets. So I kind of feel bad for the fans, ultimately. But... The situation is the situation is dire to be kind in New York as for the organization because now Aaron's got you for seventy five million dollars guaranteed. Um, and I'm flipping to Aaron's side. Aaron, let's take him at his word. Let's take Aaron at his word. Let's take him at his word and say, let's believe everything he says. He's been contemplating retirement for the past couple of all seasons. He's been engaging in some. Um, alternative solutions to medicine, including that he was immunized against COVID, which raised a whole big thing, stink. Um, ayahuasca, that was his past offseason. He dabbles in ayahuasca, which is a hallucinogenic. Um, he was on Instagram Live and crossed out the word Moderna in his IG post. He was in a darkness retreat this past offseason, contemplating if he wanted to continue playing football or not. He had become the very thing he wanted to avoid, which was Brett Favre Jr. And now he was looking to move on, either move on from his, in terms of his career choice, or move on in terms of his team. He comes out of that darkness retreat and says he's going to play for the New York Jets. So you get to the New York Jets and Ned Hackett's already there. So they're already installing your version of the offense. And then you get there, you kind of just fall into place. And yet, you have good moments. And you had a good game in the preseason, when you, the one you played in. First one in, I think, five or six years. Um, you threw an absolute beautiful back shoulder pass to Gary Wilson. In the preseason. And on the fourth play in the regular season, your Achilles pops. And so not only did you give back $35 million that you could have during your recovery, all your buildup and your escape and everything is now clouded and it's burned to the ground by an Achilles tear. 
which has retired better athletes. So I wonder, that's my, that's my question, I wonder if he considered retirement. And the reason why is that recovery from an Achilles is going to be long and strenuous. This season's already over for Aaron. He only has one more year left on his contract. So what does Aaron do if the doctors say it'll be 18 months for your full recovery? That's the end of next season. <laughs> or that's all of this season. You know, so let's say doctors say it's 12 to 18 months for your full recovery. That's the whole two-year life of the contract. Does Aaron just say forget it? You know, like I, I just I just forget it. Just don't even worry about um football anymore. And he walks through when he retires. Or does he attempt to come back from the Achilles, uh, steal a Super Bowl ring, and then um, ride off to the sunset? It's just, it's such an unfortunate situation if you're an, if you're an Aaron Rodgers. Because you tore your Achilles, Jordan Love looked great. They started to kind of feel that the Packers nor the Jets need you. Um, you know, Sauce Gardner saying that Aaron told him, sorry, kid, as he was being carted off. I mean, we're looking at a situation here with the Jets or the Jets. That it kind of doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter how they do it. It doesn't matter how fancy they get, how many Pro Bowl players they sign. They're the Jets. And so now all the momentum they spent all summer building has come crashing down because they are back into the Zach Wilson business. Uh, Robert Sala said there will be no QB competition regardless of who uh, they bring in, that it is Zach's team. Um, so that's going to be very interesting to keep our eye on for the rest of the season. The NFL had a lot of uh, up and down quarterback play over the past week. Uh, the money men uh, who combined for a little over a billion dollars worth of contracts, or $1.3 billion worth of contracts, uh, all struggled. Uh, Joe Burrow had a career-low passing yards of 82 yards. Uh, Patrick Mahomes visibly struggled. Which we touched on him on Thursday, visibly struggled with the um, Detroit Lions pass rush. Uh, and Josh Allen, uh, well, his third best receiver was Jordan Whitehead. The problem was Jordan Whitehead plays on the Jets. The good news for Jordan Whitehead is he's got a $250,000 incentive for catching three interceptions. His best bud, Josh Allen, made sure he got that all last night. Um, you know, Josh Allen hit Jordan Whitehead so well with passes, I actually began to type in a group message. I mean, all caps, who is he throwing the ball to? Because there was poor decision after poor decision after poor decision after poor decision after poor decision for Josh Allen. I was legitimately curious at a certain point, who was he throwing the ball to? And then Lamar Jackson had the best numbers out of the group. However, they were playing the Houston Texans, and it was not a dominating passing attack um, like I was expecting, considering that it is grambling. And now, just for a few categories, um, worst winners of the week. Bucks, Eagles, and Raiders. Um, the Bucks did not look good for most of that. The uh, the Vikings pretty much shot themselves in the foot, uh, which kind of allowed the Bucks to get back into the game and ultimately win it. Uh, the Eagles struggled with the New England Patriots, especially on defense. Um, Mac Jones was very decisive, very smart with the ball. Um, 
no complaints about how he handled himself in the slightest. And so you got a defense like the Eagles, supposed to be this dominating force. Yes, they did take the ball in multiple times, but you also have an Eagles offense, supposed to be a dominating force, and they didn't do much of anything the entire game. And then, of course, the Las Vegas Raiders battled it out against the Denver Nuggets. I think the Denver, not Denver Nuggets, sorry, the uh, Denver Broncos. And I think the Denver Broncos will end up being ultimately a better um, football team overall and have a strong chance at the wild card. However, I just think, Jack, uh, not Jacksonville, Las Vegas had their number that night. Um, but the Raiders did not look impressive at all. And then we have our best losers. We touched on the Pats earlier. Um, but again, Max, great decision making. Um, is you know that's pretty much the gist of the Patriots game. It's good decision making. Uh, you don't want to throw too much on the film, so you're going to relax on some of the other stuff. But doing too much, um, not doing enough. Not understanding all that stuff has to end uh, this week, this game. Um, all that stuff has to be no more. And then the Chargers. Same old story with the Chargers. Different OC. Justin Herbert, uh, when his defense gives up 27 or less points, is like some ridiculous number in seven. It's like he's just, he doesn't lose if your um, defense is alive you know he's not asking you guys to be 2000 ravens he's asking you to not give up 7 27 points because in games where his team does give up 27 points it happened in 27 of his 50 starts teams are 6 and 23 um when the team allows less than 27 points the chargers are up are 19 to 4 so that could definitely um kickstart the movement in los angeles try and get a better defense in there now, Brandon Staley is a defensive head coach. He was a defensive coordinator for the Rams. You know, they were the top defense, I believe, his last year. I don't know. Maybe Aaron Donald makes everybody looks good. I have no idea. But, I mean, prime Aaron Donald, prime um, that Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, I believe, prime Bobby Wagner, prime Jalen Ramsey. Uh, maybe, if he's, maybe he was a product of his players. But they have a defensive head coach in um, – the Chargers and Brandon Staley, and the defense is obviously the issue as um, Justin Herbert continues to break records to start a career. And then, of course, my last category, which is the QBs that are over category, is Ryan Tannehill and Justin Fields. Um, Ryan Tannehill looked cooked against the Saints. He threw multiple horrible interceptions trying to force the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore made him pay. And a couple other people end up making him pay severely for those poor decisions. And so Ryan Tannehill, I think, to me, is over. I think the Titans need to give Malik Willis ready, or Will Levis ready, to start. I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to start very long. I don't think he's the right man for the job um, at this point in time. And Justin Fields. Look, I was on Trevor Lawrence better than Justin Fields in college. I was saying Trevor Lawrence is better than him in high school. Trevor Lawrence is better than him in the NFL. I was called insane. Justin Lewis was one of the most popular people bet on. I just... Some of Justin Field's decision-making, I scratch my head a lot at what's going on. Because multiple years in the league, his best asset still is legs. I, I struggle to figure out what's going on with the Chicago Bears. I don't know if they're tanking, if they're not tanking. If they're tanking, I take up Caleb Williams. Um, if you guys aren't taking, 
tanking rather. I don't understand what's going on uh, with the Chicago Bears. But up next, we're going to shift into our NFL Week 2. Welcome back into the show. Now we're going to dive into NFL Week 2, uh, discussing some interesting matchups we have on the docket. Of course, we have Thursday Night Football. And you guys know, if it is a game I discuss, I would not pick a winner if it is in my Jacks pack. It was our NFL betting segment. You know, Vikings at Eagles is not in my NFL betting segment. I have the Eagles. Look, the Vikings are coming off a game where it was a noon game and they struggled against the Bucks. Thursday night, primetime, Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. That's a bad mixture. But on the other side, it's not like Philadelphia had the world's best game against New England. They struggled in multiple areas, including protecting in the middle of the field, which N'Kobe Dean is down. And they had an issue when they got spread thin, uh, which is something they can't just fix on the fly. That has to be something that they fix um, with the personnel that they have. So that is going to be um, incredibly interesting there with the Eagles and the Vikings. Uh, I've got the Eagles relatively close by about six. I don't know what the point spread is, but I've got the Eagles by about six. And so the Eagles move to 2-0 and the Vikings to 0-2. Up next, it will be Ravens at Bengals. I have this game in my Jacks packs. I would not pick a winner. But this is the battle of two of the two. This is the battle of the two AFC North uh, pillars as far as quarterback play. Mm-hmm. So Lamar and Burrow are going at it once again. Uh, Burrow has owned Baltimore for a vast majority of his career, and so I, I don't see why that changes today. Um, and so the Bengals and Ravens will be a physical knockdown, drawn out. Whichever one of us makes the long pass um, first will definitely get the victory. Uh, Patrick Mahomes goes to the Prince that was promised. Uh, this game is not in my Jacks pack, but I've got uh, a strong feeling that the Chiefs will go into Duval against the Jaguars and take another L. I just think that the Jaguars are going to dice the Chiefs up. I'm not sure how you fix hands over the weekend, whether it's a confidence thing or what. But whatever it is, it's going to be hard to do in a week. And so the Chiefs have a confidence issue heading into um, Jacksonville and Duval. I've got, <clears throat> make sure it's not no Jack's pack. I've got Jacksonville winning this game by about six points. They're just going to make a play or two on defense. Uh, they're going to take advantage of some less than 100% confident receivers. And I just think that they don't, just don't have the defense enough to stay with Jacksonville right now. Um, Trevor Lawrence had a rough game against Indy. But I expect him to bounce back on that entire offense to bounce back. And then like a much well or unit, that unit we saw in the second half of last year and not in the first half. Um, and then Tua at Mac, uh, the battle of the Alabama quarterbacks. Also, again, nine out Jack's back. Um, Tua at Mac is a huge game. Um, it's one of those games where there's a lot of storylines in this game. Alabama quarterbacks, they went in back to back. Tua then proceeded into Mac Jones. Um, both of them with a lot of questions entering uh, entering the NFL. 
honestly, too, was carried most of his questions. Max kind of shed a couple of his. But for the most part, they pretty much got their same exact questions they got from when they were younger. Um, two quarterbacks from the United States are physically gifted, but uh, has a lot of ability in this league and is being able to play in this league uh, for Tyree. For two with Taco Valoa, you've got the track team. You've got Tyree. You've got uh, David Aiken, who was the fastest running back at the combine. You have Jalen Waddle, who's one of the top five fast people ever at the combine. Um, and so when you have a situation like that, this game has so many storylines. Oh, it is going to be incredibly interesting to watch. Again, a game also nine hour Jacks pack, so we, I am going to pick it. I've got the New England Pages by four, you know, 27-23. I think it's going to just be a little bit too much. Uh, Tyreek Hill usually does not go off against New England. Bill Belichick has had a lot of practice against him when he stayed on the Chiefs. And I've had him multiple times when he was in Miami in the division. So Tyreek Hill usually doesn't go off on the Patriots. It is the others. Jalen Waddle gets a big catch. Uh, anybody else should possibly showing around. Um, trying to just free up Tyreek Hill. But I think Belichick is going to really focus his efforts on Tyreek Hill and do his best to take him out of the game um, and not run man coverage. Um, and then, if you look at it, what could possibly cause New England to slip is the new offense, new continuity. They looked like a team in week one and hadn't played the preseason together or hadn't played it all together. So it's just small stuff uh, that could be corrected that a good team in Miami Dolphins uh, could go into New England and beat them, uh, despite what I'm saying. It'd be a six-point game. And now with some quick hitters. Uh, Lyle Collins has been released by the Cincinnati Bengals. From the physically unable to perform list, he's been connected to the New England Patriots. Um, he's had a very up and down tumultuous career, uh, but now he's looked to find a home. He's after being on the PEP list, he is now a free agent, and it appears he's ready to go. Uh, if that is the case, he immediately um, becomes a top target for the New England Patriots, along with anybody else who needs a legitimate tackle. Deontay Johnson of the Pittsburgh Steelers, along with uh, Cam Hayward of the Pittsburgh Steelers, will be out multiple weeks due to their respective injuries. Um, and so the Steelers will be out two starters on defense before the foreseeable future. And Carolina Panthers cornerback uh, J.C. Horn is out multiple weeks with his injury as well. So now we're going to transition into... Our NFL betting segment, Jack's Pack. Welcome back into the show, and now we're going to be discussing our NFL's betting segment, Jack's Pack, our successful NFL betting segment, NFL betting segment rather, Jack's Pack last week. We went positive three and two with our picks, including nailing our lock. Um, I thought our lock was pretty obvious. It turns out it wasn't to most people, but we nailed our lock last week. Let me pull that note back up. Our lock last week was Packers plus one at the Bears. 
absolutely nailed it. Uh, the Packers dominated the entire game. And so we nailed our lock last week. And we went positive, like I said, three and two in our selections. But now we're going to try and keep that trend going. So the first game, again, these games are in no order list. We're doing this off the app, on the ESPN app, when I did the numbers. So I got them Tuesday night. Again, they're not in order of favorite. The only thing that is a favorite game is, of course, the lock game. And so on the docket, we have number one, Raiders at Bills. Bills minus nine and a half. Take the Bills. Uh, Josh Allen struggled severely on Monday Night Football. He was summarily embarrassed. He had four turn of turnovers, including three picks to Jordan Whitehead. Um, the entire world is questioning his quarterback ability, is questioning his team, questioning his organization, questioning whether Stephon Diggs even wants to be there anymore. So many other things. Um, the Raiders are not a program that is currently used to success, and so they're going to struggle, in my opinion, handling their newfound success, having uh, done a number, uh, not done a number on, but having successfully taken down the Denver Broncos, an intra-divisional opponent. Now they have to deal with success, and they get to go at the Buffalo Bills, who will be looking to give a measure of revenge against the NFL uh, for their well, general ineptitude on Monday Night Football, um, losing to the Aaron Rodgers, um, New York Jets, and Zach Wilson. Oh, field goal return? I mean, a punt return touchdown? Absolutely insane ending in that Bills and Jets game. But I think the Bills absolutely rolled the Las Vegas Raiders here. I think Josh Allen's going to have one of his 35 to 40 point games, um, which means that the Raiders will have to get anywhere from 10 to 17. We'll have to get anywhere from 25 points or higher in order to win, to, in order to keep the point spread right. I don't think that happens. And so I have strong faith in the Buffalo Bills um, winning this game by more than nine and a half points. So again, the bet is Raiders at Bills. Take the Bills minus nine and a half. Chargers at Titans. You get the Chargers minus three. Take the Chargers. Did anyone watch the Titans play? Nah, I get it. Nah, I get it. The Saints defense, one of the best defense in the league. Um, they are completely and totally as advertised when they came into the league. Came into this season. Uh, a lot of people thought they were going to be one of the best defenses. And they showed up and showed out. I just don't believe in Ryan Tannehill in the slightest. Um, and I'm also looking at, I think the Chargers are going to get 30 points in this game. Um... The Titans have a pretty good pass rush, but I just don't, they don't have the corners to keep up with the Chargers. Now it's at Tennessee, so cross country travel could be advantageous Tennessee, uh, but I just don't think the Chargers have uh, the ability to be slowed under 30 points, um, especially by the Titans not having the corners uh, required to really uh, try and compete with the Chargers. Uh, defense, or the Chargers offense rather, and so Chargers minus three, hammer the Chargers. Ravens plus three and a half at the Bengals. Now, I'm not picking the Ravens to win this game. I am picking them to cover three and a half. But I'm thinking it's going to be a field goal game. I'm thinking the Bengals are going to win this game like 27, 24, 24, 21, 23, 20, somewhere in there. Uh, the Bengals are going to win this game very closely. Um, I just don't I don't see the Ravens lose by more than four points. I just don't. It will have to be 27, 23. Um, some weird, cycling, uh, shocking surprise uh, for that to happen. But I've got the Cincinnati Bengals winning the game all right, but I have the Baltimore Ravens covering the three and a half. So Baltimore plus three and a half over the Bengals. 
Commanders plus three and a half over Denver. This is my lock. This is my lock. I don't understand this point spread. I mean, again, cross-country travel is potentially at play here. But Denver looked flat-out inept against um, the Las Vegas Raiders. And they're a less put-together organization than the Washington Commanders. Um, and so I think that uh, Denver struggles continue. Uh, I think Airbnb gets a couple of big plays off. And uh, Ron Rivera maybe gets a turnover or two. And the route could be on. Uh, for the commanders, I actually would pick the commanders to win this game outright uh, on the money line if I was doing that sort of thing. But I am not just picking the coin spread. Uh, but all kudos um, to the commanders for going to be ready for this football game. They're going to be coached well. They're going to be strategized well. They're going to be fired up. Meanwhile, Denver is kind of still looking around like what happened to us. Uh, we went in with a lot of anticipation, a lot of um, gaudiness, a lot of hype. Because Russell Wilson was there and Sean Payton was there, and then they laid an egg um, against the Las Vegas Raiders. And so that is going to be something to keep our eye on for sure. But it is my lock of the week Washington plus three and a half at Denver. And lastly, but certainly not least, Browns minus two and a half at Pittsburgh. Did anyone see what Miles Garrett was doing to the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line? Literally doing crossover moves before uh, getting down and sacking Joe Burrow. Um, Pittsburgh's already going to be down a couple of players. Deontay Johnson going to be down Cam Hayward, which means they're going to be scrambling for larger bodies uh, in the game, and that's what's going to take our advantage. Um, if you are a Cleveland Browns fan, you're going to have the advantage up front on both sides of the ball. And so Bikini Pickett not being the world's most athletic quarterback, also not necessarily knowing what to do when pressure folds on around him. That's gonna be, this could be a potentially rough start. Uh, to Mike Tomlin's effort of non-losing seasons going 0-2, um, which means he'd have to go 9-6 and to secure a non-losing season. Possible, but it just makes it a lot harder um, to get done. So, run through these picks one more time. Uh, Bills, minus 9.5 over the Raiders. Chargers, minus 3 over the Titans. Uh, Ravens, plus 3.5 over the Bengals. Commanders, plus 3.5 over Denver. Cleveland, minus 2.5 over Pittsburgh. Now, up next, we're going to go to Jack's Hot Take, which is going to be a take on USA Basketball. jump into our final segment which is our rebranded final segment jack's hot take now recently um and let me make sure i get this correct i don't want to i don't want to do that i don't want to be that person i get information correct um incorrect rather recently as of one day ago the news i reported me and sean sharani reported it that LeBron James was interested in committing to Team USA in 2024 for the Olympics. He was also leading a group that includes Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant in his group about probably committing to play in 2024 for Team USA. 
Later, we learned that Draymond Green, De'Aaron Fox, Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Kyrie Irving, and Bam Adebayo have also all been linked to wanting to commit to team or thinking about strongly committing to Team USA for the 2024 Olympics. Okay. Where is... I know the World Cup's not the Olympics. I totally understand that. I totally get the World Cup's not the Olympics. Personally, if I had a choice, I'd only play the Olympics too. But the fact that we went from Anthony Edwards, Jaron Jackson Jr., Austin Reeves, uh, Jalen Brunson, to LeBron, KD, Steph, AD, dang. If this team does come together, it has an argument for the greatest team ever assembled. Um, and it's just, it's one of those moments where it's like, wow, the full force of American basketball could be barreling down on the world in the world stage of the Olympics uh, in Paris. So, I mean, and, and it frustrates me because, and my take is this, because uh, I back up, my take is this, the USA will win gold if that team comes together by a larger margin of victory than the original dream team managed to that's an angry team. That's a team where they say, we're going to shoot you out the gym, we're going to dunk on you, score a pass, you lock you up. Like, that's a team where they're going to blow out everybody. It's one of those teams, it's a, it's, a, it's a reminder team. Like, no, you have not caught up. You are not in the same tier as us. That was our C players. Let's bring out the A guys and let's play basketball. And so I just think that they're going to have such an advantage um, just talent-wise. I mean, the 12th guy on the bench might be Bam in a bio. I mean, he's going to start, but I'm saying the 12th guy on the bench may end up being, I don't know if Anthony Davis to play, may end up being Anthony Edwards may get on the team. He may be the 12th guy on the bench and barely play. Like, that's the level of talent that's coming in the 2024 Olympics if those guys truly do commit and actually follow through on their commitment and play for Team USA. But I think, that, again, this team will blow out people by a bigger margin of victory than the 92 Dream Team. But that is all I have for you guys today. Hope you guys enjoyed the rest of your week. I hope you guys get to listen to this podcast. I know it came out a few days early. Um, I hope you, again, like, rate, and subscribe to the Justin Townsport Podcast on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow and turn on the post notifications for our social media. That is X, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Now, I hope you have a great rest of your week. Like I said earlier, this is your host, Justin Jackson, signing out.